Hey friend, and welcome to Presence and Purpose. I want you to be seen and heard by the people who need your message and services most, but I know it seems easier said than done because there's a lot of noise online. I'm your host, Natalie Arndt. I built my business back in the beginning of 2018 and quickly learned through trial and error that being yourself isn't a cheesy cliche, but actually the key to building a strong, profitable online brand. I'm on a mission to help you find your people online, build a client-attracting brand, and grow a wildly successful business that's aligned with who you are and God's purpose for your life. It's time to stop looking around at what everyone else is doing and start fully embracing the unique calling and message that's been placed inside of you. Join me in conversations around personal branding, faith, marketing, messaging, and so much more to help you confidently show up for the people you're called to serve. Hey friend, do you need a breakthrough? Do you feel like you are craving success, like a a higher level of success, whatever that looks like for you, and you feel like you're wondering when it's finally going to happen? Today, I am talking with Natalie Taylor, who is the life and business architect, all about creating breakthrough through surrender. And this is an incredible episode. You are absolutely going to love this one. Natalie is the go-to coach and mentor for high-achieving and ambitious women. She's been featured in Thrive Global, Black Enterprise, and was named one of the Yahoo Finance Top 10 Performance Coaches. Natalie is sharing her incredible story of how she got started with almost nothing but surrendered and trusted God through the process. Listen in as she shares her incredible story, going from homeless to multi six figures, how she's struggled with imposter syndrome over the years, right? We all struggle with imposter syndrome, why overnight success could actually destroy you if you're not ready, and how to keep surrendering and trusting God through the process to finally get the breakthrough you so deeply desire. So without further ado, here's Natalie Taylor. All right. Hey guys, today I'm sitting down and chatting with Natalie Taylor. Natalie, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to talk to you. Same. I'm just excited to be speaking to another Natalie. I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, wow, I know I know so few Natalies. This is so fun. <laughs> this is so fun. Yes. So I was reading a little bit beforehand about your story, and you have an absolutely incredible story. Um, and I would love if we could just start out by you sharing that to give the listeners a little bit of backstory about um, where you've been and kind of how you got to where you are right now. And I know that's a lot, but just <laughs> tell us everything. No, I'm just kidding. Tell us everything. <laughs> yeah, we don't have the we don't have the time. But no. let me let me let me kind of um, give you the you know, in, in high school, we write cliff notes, right? Yeah. Cliff notes, so we wouldn't have to read all the Shakespeare's when we yeah. were doing our exams. <laughs> so let me give you the cliff notes. So cliff notes. Um, so hi, everyone. First of all, thank you so much, Natalie, for the opportunity to be here and speak with your amazing audience. What you've been doing is amazing. I've been going through quite a bit of your um, previous podcasts and just to see how you're bringing this space for other women to come together and to be nourished and be renewed and be refreshed. And as we were talking before we started, you know, we have so much in common, so much struggle in common, so much goodness and great purpose. Um, So thank you for this platform. uh, So I can show up in this place and 
share. And as I share, I can also listen to other women share. So a little bit about me. <sighs> Where do I start? So I was born in Kingston, Jamaica. And, um, you know, those of us as Christians, we know that there's no such thing as chance. You know, when we look at the story of Moses and how, uh, you know, what seemed like his mother made a difficult decision, uh, giving him away, not knowing if someone would come and save him, but trusting that if God gave her that, that um, intuition, that in order to save his life, she had to risk his life. Well, not to say I'm Moses, but um, my story is somewhat similar. My mother uh, gave me away. In order to save my, my life, my mother risked um, the, the possibility of me losing it. So my mother gave me away as the, uh, the last of six children. I was actually a twin and the only surviving twin. And so when I was about six years old, my mother finally made good on a promise that she made when she was pregnant with us, that she would give me to this man and his wife who at the time couldn't conceive and that they would give me a home. So she eventually made good on that promise. And um, I started living with a family in foster home. And I, you know, just a quick story, like it was the middle of the night and she woke me up and pretty much the dress I was wearing, the shoe I was wearing and three underwear and another dress was all I had when I started um, from there. And I, I say that now because I want you to remember that because in my surrender, a lot of the times I've had to start with almost nothing and trust God to move forward and trust him to give me everything I needed. So I actually moved and lived with my foster parents and it was not easy because I came from a very war-ridden um, area in Jamaica mm -hmm. and there was a lot of civ civil unrest there. The people were um, extremely poor and there was political issues there and um, I didn't know what it was like to live in peace and so I moved into what should have been my peace but at the same time I struggled to trust I struggled to to feel a part of um, you know neighbors didn't want their kids to play with me because unfortunately you know they were aware where I came from and um, they, you know it was all this, you know, if this kid play with our kid, well, she's gonna, she might be a negative influence. And so I've been rejected from a very young age and I've lived with the spirit or the, yeah, the spirit, that's really what it is of rejection my whole life. So it carried out through elementary school where, you know, um, of course I was behind because I didn't really have proper education leading up to that point. And so when I went to elementary school, I was held back at first and um you know i just didn't know my letters at the age of seven didn't know how to read or write properly at that age and so there was a lot of catching up so i was raised feeling kind of stupid for lack of a better word you know constantly being told that you're kind of slow when the truth is i wasn't slow i just didn't have the right metrics um coming into life and so you know, just a lot of inferiority complex um, mm -hmm. that led to what I now co um, coined as my imposter syndrome, you know, this big imposter syndrome that I moved through life with, having felt like I needed to show and prove and work harder. So I went through high school. I um, became homeless at about 14 and a half. And while I was homeless, you know, I had different odd jobs. 
and um, moved from place to place. I also became pregnant. Uh, I had my son at 16 years old. And in the process of my pregnancy, I ended up in a women's center in Jamaica, which is a foundation that takes care of pregnant teenage girls and kind of help them to get educated. See, most girls who are pregnant at that age, they're usually a part of poverty um, ridden areas. And it prob most of the time, 99% of the time, they have education issue. Like there's a huge education gap. Well, that was not the issue with me because in foster home, I was excelling because I went to private schools um, because of playing sports. And um, while I was an average kid in these schools in terms of education, I was exceptional in terms of sports. And so sports kind of navigated my way through. It was my escape from what was kind of a scary, abusive world. And so when I went to the women's center, I was exceptional when compared to the rest of the girls. So I stood out among them. And so as a result of that, I became an ambassador. Um, and because the school was funded or the foundation was funded by the USAID, I met my second foster mom, who is Sheila Lutjens. And she and a couple other persons who were top members of boards of private organizations in Jamaica, uh, kind of came together and got me back into the best private girls school in the Caribbean at the time. And so I was able to go back there, swim for Jamaica, swim for that school, play tennis. I mean, all the rich sports you can think about, you know, and because she was the head of the USAID at the time or a high level in the USAID, I went to, you know, extremely um, great functions with diplomats of different countries, uh, the US diplomats, uh, I got trained. She sent me to grooming school. And so you're talking about extreme polish, right? Um, I, by the time I was 18 years old, she gave me my first project, which was planning uh, an event for, 14, uh, for 400 persons, 200 kids and, four, and 200 um, elders. And so I had to do the funding for that. The USAID was one of the sponsors, but I went to other organizations and pitched the vision and all of that. So by the time I was 18 years old, I was pitching to, um, to executive boards mm, and wow. she saw that I had it in me. So, you know, that kind of um, experience. And then I ended up going off to England for a gap year. And then I came to the U.S. for college and I went to college here. She did not pay for beyond the first year of college because she felt like if I did not have to fight for something, I would go back because I do have extremely bad imposter syndrome. And I was a very broken person too. Uh, and so when I say I did not know what it was like to live in peace and joy, I always needed something complicated to solve. And if I didn't have that, I would almost always go back to creating my own complications. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, so wrapping it up, uh, because I didn't have the support in terms of finances, I ended up applying for a lot of scholarships with the help of my um, mentors and ended up getting over 40 plus scholarships um, for the three plus degrees that I have. Well, three degrees, multiple majors um, and minors. I didn't have anything else to do other than my part-time <laughs> jobs. And um, one of my, my first scholarship I actually got sponsored by Gordon Macklin, who is one of the creators of the NASDAQ, um, you know, which is similar to the New York Stock Exchange, except this is an over-the-counter um, trade. 
And so I got exposed to the banking sector very early. Um, at about 21, 22 years old, I was spending time with a lot of guys who were creating banks, not bankers, but they created banks, right? Um, you know, I competed on the national stage in terms of ethics, you know, at the college level, collegiate level. So when it comes to arguments and competition and, um, and just that kind of exposure. So at a very young age, I was, you know, one of the things that made me st stand out to be able to get on Wall Street was that I, while I was in college, I actually worked um, on a program with Senator, sorry, um, Senator uh, Oxley. He's a part of the Sarbanes-Oxley um, senator. There are two senators and he was based in Maryland. And so because I was a part of that, that helped me to stand out. And so I worked on Credit Suisse um, merge of Credit Suisse First Boston with Credit Suisse The Parent. So I got to work on very unique projects at a very young age as well, um, which made me stand out as what they consider exceptional talent because of the unique projects. So another project I worked on when I got older was um, I worked in Ernst & Young and I worked on Lehman Brothers, the carve-outs of Lehman Brothers. So when Lehman Brothers was going out, a lot of people think Lehman Brothers doesn't exist. It does exist, but in different structures and forms. I've worked on similar projects like those. So, you know, starting from the streets of um, Jungle in Kingston, it's an actual name of an actual place. Uh, so I was born in Jungle to the streets of Wall Street, right? That's been the span of my life. And now I'm a single mom of four amazing children and they drive me up the wall every single day <laughs> while I thrive to build my um, consulting and private um, practice with my one-on-one -on -one clients. Yep, yeah. That's it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, as I listen to your story, I can't help but think of like, you know, the, the things that happen in life that are, you know, we never would have expected, never would have planned for these type of things. And just like the amazing, um, I mean, I always call them divine opportunities when these doors open up and just things happen. And it's like looking at that span, like you said, of like being homeless, you know, in Jamaica, being on the streets in Jamaica to Wall Street, like what like <laughs> that's a huge jump and right. I love that you've also you know you mentioned um imposter syndrome and I know you talk about that a lot in your experience with that because I think that's that's something at least in my experience um being in business and working with other women in business I think a lot of us really underestimate the mental work that it takes to do that. Like we want that, we want that success, right? We want that story of like, I started here and now I'm here. Um, but the, the inner work, like, oh you know, between God. your ears, like is, is so intense and so hard. And I can't imagine, um, you know, all the, like all of us, right? Like regardless of where we grow up in our story, like we all have these Everybody. lies. Yeah. These lies that we pick up on, um, and I think it's always such a great reminder to see women who are at the level of success that you so desire to hear them talk about imposter syndrome and realize that it's really something that never goes away. Like it's something that we're always working on. And, um, I mean, it's just that reminder that we're all human. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just, it's, it's the big equalizer. Um, it's when I started working with men at high level. Mm -hmm. And realizing that they are just better at masking it than we are. Mm -hmm. 
you know, when I look at men who have accomplished such great things, but because I'm in their inner circle and just hearing the stuff that they're struggling with, and you're looking at them like, have you lost your mind? Can you not see what you're accomplishing, yeah. right? And what they're comparing themselves to and what has led them into depression. And you're thinking, we would, we would, we would like love for that opportunity. We'd love to have that problem. But we don't understand in order for us, um, as you said, to get to where we want to get to, there's so many debts. You know, there's so much crucifixion of that old self and surrendering that self and say, you know what, God, your will be done. Mm -hmm. And that's literally the process. And then having the resurrection, knowing that we have that power to resurrect brand new. And to be honest, the power of, you know, um, if you don't mind me saying, speaking more about Christianity, the power of being Christian is not in the crucifixion. It's in the resurrection mm -hmm. because the resurrected Christ is more powerful then Christ, when he, he could feed 5,000, which we know is way more because women weren't even counted, right? But the resurrected Christ allowed us to have the access of the Holy Spirit at all times, anywhere, everywhere, which meant that I am that I am is not just with me, it's in me and through me. And so let me tell you, girl, I am surrendering at a high level. Like this is my year of surrender. That's been the word that I asked God when I went in for the new year, I asked God, what is my word for the year? And the word I came out with, with was with surrender. And if I be honest to you, if it's two words I'd prefer not to have this year is patience and surrender. Mm -hmm. Because while we say we want to be patient, what God does is bring us through the things that would teach us patience, bring us through the experiences that would teach us surrender. And the experiences that bring you to the place of surrender is absolutely not my favorite things, not my favorite things, but we come out as fine gold, you know, we come out polished. And you hear those things that I just said before, but Natalie, to be honest, you know, there were times even with the scholarships when I was applying for them, there was no way I could see that I was gonna even get one of those. Mm -hmm. That's why I applied for so many. I didn't get so many because I was so smart and so confident and I applied for them because I just knew I was so good. I applied for them because I was desperate to continue my education and I couldn't find another way that I could do it. And I didn't have the funding. I didn't even qualify for you know, a loan. That's right. how I ended up graduating school without loans. It wasn't because, oh, I just, you know, I'm so smart and I never needed a loan. It was God made me unqualified for the loan. Mm -hmm. And so I had to surrender to the process that was available to me. So to the woman that's listening right now, whatever it is that the door that's been closed for you, understand that that's an opportunity opening up in a bigger way that you'll be able to say, I didn't have this. And people will be like, oh, but then you'll remember that while you wanted it and while you were ready to give up everything for it, that God is saying, I have something bigger for you. I have something greater for you. I have something that's beyond your, even, even your greatest imagination. I have that for you. And I'm telling you, it's like so mind blowing that I graduated with three degrees, no debt. And in the days that I was applying for scholarships, I cried every night. I went to bed every night crying. And I remember like right now I'm even getting teary because I remember I would go to sleep thinking, God, if you love me, why are you letting me go through this? Mm -hmm. Right? I've not talked about this. Where 
a long time. But I think these tears are more like gratitude because yeah. now when you think about what our world is going through, and there's so many people that are anxious, so many people that are suicidal, I want to encourage them because you might be praying and say, God, where are you in all of this noise? Where are you in my business? Where are you in my family? Where are you in my marriage? And I promise you, I promise you, you can't see it now. But I can tell you, if you would just stop and listen and think back to that time when everything just seemed so impossible and immovable and just wasn't going to work. <laughs> and out of nowhere, out of no way, he created a way. And it was better than anything that you could have came up with, right? Mm -hmm. And let that be that solace. Let that be the peace. And if you can't find something for yourself, look at your parents' life, look at your family's life. And let that encourage you, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and as you were saying that, what comes to mind is just like, you know, because I can look back at, you know, times in my life and every time something like that happens where I'm like, this is terrifying. There is no, <laughs> I have no idea how this is going to happen. And then God makes a way. And each time that happens, of course, there'll be many more in my life. Like it gives you something to hold on to. And like you said, even if you feel like you don't have anything to hold on to like that in your life, you can look at other people, friends, family, right. uh, just people that you know of and, and have that as something to hold on to and know that um, like the worship song, do it again is one of my favorite yeah. songs. And like, know that like, if he's done that before, if he's made a way out of a, you know, seemingly impossible situation, he's, he's able to do it again. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and I would totally love to kind of, focus on that direction in, ter in terms of, like you said, like the, the woman listening who is just like desperately wanting, desperately needing a breakthrough in her circumstances. Um, because like you said, your, your message essentially of, you know, the power of surrender in creating the breakthroughs. I would, I would love to dive into that. Um, so like I said, the woman who's listening, who like desperately needs, desperately wants a breakthrough, um, where should she start? Wow. So um, for that sister, mom, friend that's listening and she desperately needs a breakthrough. The first thing is, you know, uh, a lot of times we're so fixated before I answer that. We're so fixated on a specific thing because the scripture says to us that God is going to give us the desires of our heart. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're so fixated on the specific outcome that we think that, you know, if it doesn't happen this way, then I am not successful. I do not win. If it doesn't happen in this time, then I'm a failure. I think the first thing we should do is first forgive ourselves, forgive ourselves in thinking that we had to put ourselves on this, cru this crucial timeline on this, just this very box that we put ourselves in, whether it is to have our house looking in a certain way, to have our children having a certain lifestyle, to have this income. Um, if I put myself right now as the, um, as a lamb, right? <laughs> the sacrificial lamb right now, I'm in a process where even though I'm talking about surrender, I'm having to surrender. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I had to do this weekend, this weekend was forgive myself for even putting myself on this rigid timeline, because let me tell you something, even though you know, 
as you said, even though God's delivered you, you're going to keep doing it. Every level is a new dimension of your mindset. And I put myself on God. This is a vision you gave to me. I didn't give myself this vision, right? This is a vision you gave me, God. You said you want me to raise this family. You said you want me to build this business. You said you want me to help these women in this way. You gave me this marriage. You gave this thing to me and your will be done. So let me forgive myself that it was my will that's going to be done because scripture told me it's God's will that's going to be done. So you know what? I can't do God's will. I can walk in God's will, but I can't do it. I cannot manipulate it. I can't force it because that's manipulation, you know, and I don't want to live in a spirit of manipulation. I don't want to live in a spirit of anxiety. I don't want to live in a spirit of depression. So I'm going to forgive myself in trying to compare myself to other women, compare myself to other people's results. Because you know what? Uh, I don't know what their marriage is going through. I don't know what their children are going through. I don't know what they're struggling with. I don't know what they have in their prayer closet. I don't know what they have in their, their secret places. But I know what I have. And I know what you've given me. And the truth is, I cannot carry it. I was trying to do it by myself. So I'm going to forgive myself for trying to do that. The next thing is, I'm going to be quiet. Because it can get so loud in my head sometimes. It can get so loud in my head. And sometimes, forget just my head. Sometimes I allow social media to get so loud. Mm -hmm. I can allow by just... Can you imagine that we're in a place where we can go on a device and by going on a device, my entire energy in my house can shift and forget my house, the energy in my mind, it can completely shift. And I have to think to myself, wow, what can I do, right? What can I do differently? Well, I'm going to get quiet. I'm going to forgive myself. I'm going to get quiet. And then I'm going to listen to that still small voice because you know what? God, you did give me this promise. And I remember the last promise you gave me, I did struggle with it for a little bit. I did go off on my own and make my own versions of it. And then I still had to come back around to you. So you know what, God? Because I know you gave me this promise and the last time I struggled, chances are I'm struggling now. So I'm going to surrender and I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to be still. I'm going to be still and know that I am still is God that I am still as my provider, that I am still is going to do amazing things for me. The I am that gave me a house when I didn't know um, three years before if I would have a home. The I am that made sure that my son is still alive three years after he's been diagnosed and he's been going through chronic um, treatment. The I am that took me off the streets of Jamaica and put me on Wall Street. The I am that paid for school when I didn't even qualify for a loan. The I am that kept me from suicide. The I am that delivered me from depression is the same I am that is more than capable of leading me to help other women. So I am going to be still. I may not get the numbers I want right now, but God, I know you will take care of me because the birds are outside and they're singing. And they're my reminder that if you can make sure that even in the storm, they have a place to live. Even in the hurricane, the birds are taken care of. If you can make sure that after a hurricane, I don't look outside and see birds on, on the floor dead. Nope. And they're more exposed than me. So I know, God, in the midst of this storm, that you have my back. That's where I'm at. That's where my, I want my sisters to be. That's where I want our girls to be. That we're just going to be, you know what, God? By any means, 
I'm going to get through this. I'm going to trust you in this. And I'm going to be still. I'm going to look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from you. Not from anybody. So I'm not going to get frustrated when people don't buy into my vision. I'm not going to get anxious when family members don't support. I'm not going to get overwhelmed when the partner you've given me cannot see the purpose in me. Because you are my provider. You are the one who've given me wisdom to gain wealth. So if I'm not walking in the wealth right now, it means that it's coming. So I'm going to be still. Mm -hmm. And it is the hardest thing ever to be still when you are feeling, I think I said this before we hit record. It's just this counterintuitive where like, I have to do something. I have to like, and you just get this, this frantic, you know, feeling and you're like, I need to do something, but to do the counterintuitive thing and be still, um, and just get quiet. And like you said, it's so hard too because of the world that we live in and social media and, you know, turning on the TV or whatever it is. Like we have so many things that we can go to, to just kind of numb out. And that's something that I know I catch myself doing that a lot when I, am. <laughs> yeah, it's like we all do it and we all have different things where like when I catch myself just like mindlessly scrolling on Facebook, cause I don't, I've gotten out of the habit, but when I start to do it, I know yeah. that there's something that I'm avoiding. And then it's like, okay, got to get quiet. I got to, you know, yeah. put this down and, and really process whatever this is. Um, oh, that's yeah, so good. No, the surrender is, is definitely hard. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that, well, there are many things. Yeah. But, <laughs> Surrender is hard. I'm not even going to lie to you. Uh, one of the things that I do is I set an atmosphere of worship. I set an atmosphere of gratitude. Um, you know, I adjust very quickly. So I've been teaching my clients this. I've taught myself this and I've been teaching others. And it's pretty much how to know your numbers. So especially if what you want is financial, if you know your numbers, it will help you, you know, for instance, what's your fundamental number for your household? Mm -hmm. If you know your fundamental number for your household, you won't get so caught up that you haven't hit certain numbers yet because yeah. you know your household is taken care of. So if you're in business and your fundamental numbers, for instance, for your household essentials is $3,500 a month for food, for overhead, for whatnot, then you know everything above that is just luxury, right? Um, if you do not take a vacation, then you can do a staycation, right? Everything above that is luxury. And let me tell you something, your children don't remember the vacations they take. They're, they remember the memories you make on those vacations. So if you can create those memories, that's the thing. So a lot of the anxiety is usually in not knowing. So if we don't know what our necessities are, for instance, um, you know, we're comparing our businesses to other people's business. You're hearing six figures and seven figures, right? I'm going through a transition where I'm building systems to scale between six and seven figure, um, multiple six figure to seven figure. And the person that you have to become in that process, the person that the, the you that has to die in that process, um, let me tell you something. You build the perfect offer. You build the perfect business. And you say, but God, you gave it to me this way. And you will help clients in that business. And your clients will be like, whoa, this is amazing. And you'll hear people say, you're the best kept secret. And you'll say, I don't want to be a secret anymore. <laughs> you know, but you have to understand that if you are exposed before your time, it can destroy you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people say, well, try me. And I'm telling you, you don't want that. Because I've seen people who had overnight success 
where they had a great idea and the system wasn't ready and they completely got crushed, right? I was one of those persons. When I started my first business, I, was, I almost died. Like I was crushed because I was successful in business. So when I started business, I knew how to you know, do certain things, but my mindset wasn't ready for um, the, what success would attract. My spirit, my character wasn't strong enough to forego all the temptation, all the lies, all the manipulation, all the different types of personalities that fell in love with your personality um, based on your success and not based on who you are. You know, people who attach themselves to you and literally become like lesions. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes, you know, I go back to know your numbers. If you're in business, what is your number that your household need, right? Because then it gives you a sense of, okay, you know what? Let me take care of my household in the first quarter. Let me take care of my household needs in the first quarter. Because if you do your numbers, you'll realize that you can max out your earnings in the first quarter. So the rest of your career for the rest of the year is more about having fun. It's more about serving. It's more about showing up. And you'll realize this whole time I've been stressing myself when I can replace my entire household needs in a quarter. And I'm not kidding you. And I'm not over-exaggerating. Some of us think that, you know, we need $100,000 to live a I live in a very large house and I have very nice things and we have a very nice lifestyle and our standard needs is um, roughly about $4,200 for everything. And I have multiple properties, right? So when you realize that you really, when I make a hundred thousand dollars, that's almost $60,000 more than I need. Yeah. Right it gives you perspective that yeah. I'm not building a million dollar business because I need a million dollars. I'm building a million dollar business because I have the purpose that brings out a million dollars. I'm building a million dollar business because there are women beyond those people that I help at 600, um, you know, at, at 300,000 that needs me. It is no longer about the money. It has never been about the money. Mm -hmm. So once you know what your needs are, you realize what God has us doing has never this, platform this podcast was never about the fame it was about how many people you could help and when you see okay some people have you know 600 people listening to their podcasts a week and you're given quality and you're bringing things that nurture but you have 60 but what does that let's say you have 60 persons how many of those 60 persons for instance someone like me I'm impacting a couple thousand lives another woman might be impacting a couple thousand lives so you're really having a reach of 60 times thousands mm -hmm. do you understand what i'm saying so yeah. sometimes we we need to look back and and think what is our need and then what is the impact beyond our need right yeah. because god says he's going to um give us more than we need mm -hmm. and if we don't know what our basics are we won't even realize that god's been crushing our goals a long time ago right Right. And even like you said, it's like he will give us more than we need. But then looking at this is actually all that I need. And I've been thinking it's up here, you know, and realizing that like, you know, that that goal that you're trying to hit, like that is more than I need. And then and then being able to then um, I was just I was just listening to another podcast the other day and they were talking about um, just the importance of like then assigning 
that, that extra money that you want to create? Like, what can I do with that? Because she was talking about like, you know, God is, you know, our heavenly father. And just like if our kid came to us and said, I want a hundred dollars, it's like, well, what do you want to do with that money? Like, and it's us being like, I want that money and here's what I want to do with it. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I can, I can go and talk to you right on that because you know, I'm a numbers girl. Yeah. (laughs) But it's the same thing with the, um, with the, the parable of the seeds, right? The parable Mm -hmm. of the talents actually. And so you talk about one person with one talent, one person with two talent, one person with 10 talents. If we're so focused on protecting or, 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 getting this goal, this goal, this goal. We end up burying our talents, mm-hmm. right? We end up burying our talents because we're scared of what if I lose? What if I invest and it doesn't work out? What if I launched out and start this podcast and it doesn't go and not thinking, no, I'm going to risk it all. Because if God before me, nothing, not their numbers, not their metrics can be against me. Because all it takes is just one to hit. All it takes, because for all we know, the guy with the five talents lost four of them. And only one of them gave him anything back for all we know, right? Because that's how the market works. Mm -hmm. You could invest in five places and only one of them gave you a return. Mm -hmm. So who knows that we take it to the marketplace. So as she said, you know, if I only need $33,000 a year, $48,000 a year, what am I going to do with $52,000? Well, you know what? Um, I'm not just going to put it in the markets. I'm probably going to get an investment property because you know what, Natalie, you and I, we don't want to work for the rest of our life. So Mm -hmm. we want passive income and we don't want the markets to control all of our passive income. So I'm going to do that. And, and so this now is going to call you to meet new people's people who are now going to say, Hmm, what is it that you, you have a podcast. I want to come on your podcast and talk about real estate. I want to come on your podcast and talk about, you know, stocks. I want to come on your podcast and talk about how they can become a coach or how they can develop um, a home-based business. Right. And all of a sudden you realize, man, because I operated from the place of I am in more than I need and I'm more than enough rather than oh my goodness, is this going to work? Is this going to work? I didn't get my numbers yet. I didn't get my numbers yet. Natalie, let me tell you something. When I stopped looking at numbers and I started operating, just operating and just um, showing up and being my best self, that's when I made the most money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not even going to kid you. And it blows your mind every time because last year I did the numbers thing that we were just talking about. And I created, I actually created a free thing. And yesterday I created a, a challenge. Um, it's a calculator actually that I'm going to have all persons be able to access. And literally what I realized in the last six months is not even the media is telling people what, how to calculate their emergency fund. Mm -hmm. How do you come to that number? So I created a calculator that would help people figure out what their needs are and what their emergency fund should be and how to, um, and how to look in their budget to find those numbers, um, in terms of what to reduce or what to increase. So anyways, I did that for myself last year. And last year in June, I had no home, right? I was renting. I actually downsized into a two bedroom and it was rinky dink, right? Because I had this goal of I'm going to live on less because I know what my needs are so that I can have what I really want. And when I did the numbers, um, it worked out to be just under 3000 about $3,000 a month um, was what I needed in order for me to pay my bills. And I was able to save minimum $7,000 a month, right? 
because all the other extra money I was making, I didn't need it. And so as a result of that, and then I also got some odd end um, consulting gigs and I could save all that money because I didn't need it and I didn't need to shop and I didn't need to buy the stuff. Because every time I thought about buying something, I thought to myself, would I prefer the shoes or a house? Would I prefer to, to spend this on food or a house? And so when my why was bigger than my, um, than my desire to spend, I literally was able to buy my dream house in six and a half, seven months because I knew what my needs were. And can I tell you, last mm -hmm. year, I wouldn't say I made the most money, but it was the most money. Let me tell you why. My money had more impact because I knew what my needs were. Even though I made more money before, my money never had as much impact. Yeah. I was able to sew better. I was able to tithe better. And I was able to sleep better. And I had a lot more money saved. I was debt free and my credit was almost 800. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and that was surrender, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, you know, I think we've all heard the saying of like what you focus on grows and you're focusing on impact. And it also reminds me of, um, I don't know if you ever listened to um, Stephen Furtick of Elevation. Oh, that's Church. my pastor. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, how yeah. funny. Yeah. So I've been loving his sermons lately. And, and um, one that really stuck out to me recently was he was talking about, um, I think it was take the lid off of a little, but it was just the, the point of like, we, um, oh, I wish I could remember how he said it exactly, but it was just this point of like, um, the, the story that we hear about like the oil, the jars of oil, like, yeah. It, it doesn't talk about how all of a sudden she had like a ton of oil and it was, you know, like she knew that she had more than enough. It was that little bit like never ran out. Right. And I had never thought about it that way. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so just in, in terms of what you're saying with, um, your, you're income, little to make a lot. Yeah. And your income last year, like it might've not technically been the most, but it was the most impact. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that, that just, I love that so much. But even that story is one of my favorite stories, the, yeah. the, the story with the woman with the oil. Yeah. Um, and I want to speak to the ladies listening to us right now. It's, you know, this woman had something in our house that she thought wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. Back to imposter syndrome. We have the oil represents our anointing, right? The oil represents whatever skill, whatever knowledge, whatever purpose we have on the inside of us. And oftentimes we think it's just not enough, right? It's not enough because corporate told us we didn't get promoted because it wasn't enough. They told us we couldn't make what we wanted to make because it wasn't enough. They told us that the timing of us having children and being anointed or being skilled or having these degrees just didn't calculate back to enough. So we chose going back home because when we did the numbers, it was almost better for us to stay home than to go to work. But understand that in the kingdom, whatever God has given you has always and will always be enough. It's not going to change. And so it was when the woman realized that in her having a little oil, that there were other women that didn't have any oil. And so if she could find all of their problems, that her little oil could leverage her little oil, right? Mm -hmm. Because she had a little oil, 
she could get their containers of nothing. So whatever your little anointing, whether it's with numbers or budgeting or, you know, teaching that woman how to build a business or coaching or teaching that mother how to overcome postpartum depression or, you know, um, baking cakes or, you know, whatever it is that your little oil is, understand that there are other women who have no oil. They're on empty right now. And if you would just leverage what you think is your little and show up in the marketplace, show up on social media, instead of looking at what everybody else is doing, show up with what you have and watch all the women who have empty vessels. Look at you and be filled by your little and watch your little become more than you could ever think or imagine. Yes, yes, yes. Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, so another thing that, you know, in terms of like looking at, at surrender, um, I know another thing that you are big on is that we don't have to know it all. Right. Like, and just letting go of like, (laughs) I'm not going to know how it's going to work out. I'm not going to know how it's going to happen. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that's, I think that's the toughest part, um, for human beings. Mm-hmm. The not knowing. I think 2020 exposed that so much yeah. because the truth is, if we're honest, people are talking about, oh, 2020 is the year of uncertainty. No, let's just be honest. It has always been uncertain in this life. Yeah. Nothing is for certain in this life. I don't care. Yes, COVID has increased a lot of things, but think about it. Um, people die every year. And that was going to happen anyway. And none of us were going to be sure who, whose time it was. That's one of the first thing we learned in Christianity is none of us know the time nor the hour, right? That's what we're taught to be prepared. But here's the thing, right? Um, I think the biggest thing for human beings is the not knowing. The not knowing of how is this business going to work out? Yes, I know this is what I was told, whether it was by prophecy or by dream or the still small voice. But how long do I have to work this? I mean, let's put ourselves in, in Joseph's shoe, right? God, you gave me this vision of the stars and the moon and whatever. And my father, but dad, you're the one that gave me this beautiful coat. How did I know that my father who loved me was going to be offended by a vision that God gave me and that I was going to end up in a pit? How, then, then all of a sudden for your life to turn around and end up you know, working for Potiphar, one of the ministers, that's a high position, right? And then all of a sudden to be lied on by his wife because you wouldn't defile yourself or defile her position, right? And end up in a prison. How is this going to work? And then years later for you to be in prison and while you're in prison, just, just, you know, telling people about their dreams, all of a sudden that puts you in a position where somebody can mention your name to the right person. See, Same thing I was saying before. We don't know if it's at the supermarket. We don't know if it's at church. We don't know if it's Natalie. Like you and I, the way we connected, it was someone who connected us, right? Mm -hmm. And you know how I connected with that person? Someone connected me with her, right? Mm -hmm. And you know how I connected with that person? One day I came across her feed, liked it, commented specifically about something and she reached back out to me she has invited me on her platform and so many people have met me through her platform she lives in utah i've never even met her 
how would I known that I would be here right this moment with you, Natalie, a game changer, you know, a woman who's teaching other women how to change the game and their family trajectory and to not just be um, a mom, not just be a woman, but to be a kingdom woman in this time and season where we're being quieted, where people are thinking that our voice is not big enough because we're not loud like everybody else and we're not boisterous. So going back to the question, the point of surrender that is the hardest part for me is the not knowing I would surrender if you told me when we were gonna get engaged I would surrender if you told me when you would finally give me this house I would surrender if you told me when I would finally get this promotion I, so you mean I could surrender and I still wouldn't get it the way I wanted it Wow I surrendered Lord and I went into my my prayer closet for this marriage and it still didn't work out it still ended up being abusive Mm -hmm. So you mean I could do everything and it's still not go the way I want. And it reminded me of the three Hebrew boys that said, and even if he doesn't show up in the fire, even if he doesn't save us from this fire, we are still going to worship him. And that is really what has kept me is that I thought to myself, if they were literally going in literal fire and they could say, and even if he doesn't show up and Job said it too, Job said, and even if he doesn't come, I'm still going to worship him. Even when his wife said, why don't you curse your, your God and die? He said, no, even if he does not show up, I am still going to worship him. And you know what? I do not want to have Job's situation. I do not want to have the Hebrews boy situation, but the situation I have right now and the situation at the beginning of the year, Natalie in, beginning of the year in February I couldn't see how I was going to buy a house there are three technical things that I needed help with three technical things that I couldn't get around three technical things that it was impossible for me to fix and I couldn't buy a house this year because those three technical things weren't in place I didn't have a job I have a business I've only been in business for a couple of years but apparently the way the Lord had me doing my finances for the last three years it, he knew where I was going to be. See, God knows ahead of time where we were going to be. So when we meet up on the brick wall, he's already created a way long before we got to the brick wall, right? He already knew those, those rocks were going to be in the river when, when Joshua got to there. Because guess what? He said, Joshua, it is your turn. Moses is dead. It is your season to leave. He's not going to send us to the Jordan River for us to drown in it. He's not going to bring us to the Red Sea for us to drown in it. No, he's going to drown our fears. He's going to drown our anxiety. He's going to drown our depression. He's going to drown our suicidal thoughts. But all we got to do is when we see the enemy of poverty and the enemy of, of limitation and the enemy of lack and the enemy of manipulation and lies that is in the world, we've got to stay focused. We got to look to the hills from whence cometh our help, or help only comes from God, maker of heaven and earth. If he can make heaven and earth, he can pay my bills. If he can make heaven and earth, he can make this business work. You know what? And guess what? I trust him because if this business doesn't work, he already has something bigger for me. He's not going to let my children starve. He's not going to let me die. And he's not going to let me end up in a poor house because he says what he has for me is greater. And I knew what's coming from my past. And I know what's in my future is greater. And whatever the conquer worm has eaten, he says he's going to give me greater. Whatever the enemy has stolen, he says he's going to give me greater. So when I look at what I've lost, I look at it with encouragement. I look at it with inspiration. I look at it with motivation because I know that it is based on that basic small amount that I'm going to get a multiplying factor of greater. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't know what's coming. I don't know when yeah. it's coming. 
you know? So I surrender in the, what do I need right now? Yeah. I want my house to look like a palace, but this is, you know, I, I don't have the finances that I would want to be able to do that. And you know what? What do I need right now? Oh, I got a roof over my head. My bills are paid. My babies are happy. We're, we're okay. You know what? I am not going to put myself against those, super, those, those frivolous stuff because yeah. though they're for my comfort, they're not for my anxiety. And mm -hmm. I do not own anxiety, nor do I take it on, right? And though I would like to have this beautiful photo shoot for my children, guess what? My kids don't care about it. <laughs> right? So we might have to make adjustment. And though we might want to give our children these amazing Christmas presents, guess what? Guess, guess whose children will not be playing with these things uh, three weeks after we buy them and they open the presents? Oh, <laughs> can I get your hands up? Ladies, I'm looking at you right now. Put like every up. single mom. Every like yes. single mom. <laughs> so guess what? Though we want to do these things, let's not get caught up in them. Maybe this year it might be just one turkey and two other things, right? It might just, does that mean that we're in poverty? No, it means that we're in wisdom. Mm -hmm. That's what Joseph did. Joseph said, you know what? Even though we had this, this, this big feast for seven years, there would be um, restriction for seven years. So what? We learn how to put things away, how to live with wisdom so that in seven years when everybody else is struggling, we are in position to help, to leverage. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, so good. Yes. Thank you so much for that. As, as you've been speaking, I'm like, oh my gosh, God is just totally speaking through you. Could you please share where women can connect with you online if they want to connect with you more? Absolutely. So I'm on Instagram. Um, okay. That's where I'm most active. And that's W-I-N-N-I-N-G, Natalie, N-A-T-A-L-I-E, winning okay. Natalie, as in it's happening right now. Yes. <laughs> it's an affirmation, actually. And, um, and then I have a link tree and I have quite a bit of free resources on there. And it's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash winning Natalie. Right. And that link is also in the bio in my Instagram um, handle. Okay. So my Instagram, the link is also there, but I have quite a bit of free stuff um, on there that they can use. And my free stuff, apparently, um, because for me, it's easy. Yeah. I, my free stuff are kind of intense. They're, yeah. They're, yeah. They're worth, they're worth money, but I just give them for free. Yeah, I love it. Well, you're after impact, so exactly. I love that. And exactly. I will put, I will put, yeah, <laughs> I will put um, those links in the show notes so that anyone listening can click on over and grab those. Um, and yeah, thank you so much again for this conversation. I have truly, truly loved talking to you. Yay! It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. I felt like this is a conversation we needed to have. So even though I was saying it, I don't know if you realize I'm bald at one point in this conversation. <laughs> it was kind of like girlfriends catching up and, um, and just like sharing this, I don't know, 37 years that you missed out on. <laughs> and so I was able to like, it was so, it was such a free energy because for some reason, I don't know if you realize, like I completely got so emotional um, so thank you, Natalie, for this safe space to share and to encourage and to empower and to teach because you are indeed an impact for the kingdom of God. Oh, well, thank you so much. And that's how you know it was a good conversation that you cried. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a great one. Yeah, you too. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you've loved this episode, head on over to iTunes and leave a review. It means the world to me, but more importantly, it helps more women find and benefit from this show. And if you're not already plugged into the Presence and Purpose Facebook group, come join us. I want you to get plugged into the community and get the support you need because we're not meant to do this whole business thing alone. Until next time.